Good evening. Uh, we're here with Mark Archer, um, a rave legend of Nexus 21, Slow Motion, Trackman, and at least for tonight's purposes, most importantly, Alternate Mark, how are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Mark, I want to ask you, Alternate are such an incredible but strange band. How would you define Alternate? What I Alternate? Uh, pop jesters to some, apparently. But um, I mean, we just we were just two lads from Stafford. Um, I was really into the scene at the time, very influenced by everything that was coming into to the UK. So we were just two lads from Stafford, just trying to make tunes that would make people dance. And and there was a lot of luck with alternate, a lot of happy accidents, should we say, um, and that that got us where. We were, you know, the whole eight thing, the image, nothing was planned. It all just kind of happened. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a weird band, to be honest. But you were also together in, in Nexus 21, which was making Detroit Techno. Um, you were remixed by Carl Craig. You worked with Kevin Saunders and Correct. I mean, this was like really, credible is an awful word to use, but you know what I mean? It, it was very... It was very- very, very pure indeed. They were, you know, the the whole purest thing. It was, but I was trying to be like Detroit. You know, that that was what I wanted to do. There, theirs was the blueprint, and I was trying my best to emulate that kind of sound. Not even knowing, you know, half the equipment that they had, um, the production techniques, nothing like that. We, you know, we just went in and tried as best as we could to to capture that Detroit techno sound. Um, and then, obviously, outside influences came in from all the raves I was going to, um, and we recorded, I think it was about nine tracks, and gave them to the record labels, and they weren't, they sounded a bit nexusy, but there was, you know, different elements, you know, like uh, like Belgian techno, hip house, break beats, the whole kind of thing, and they were like, we want to put this out, but it the the people who are into Nexus 21 will probably be like, you know, this isn't kind of right. So like, just think of a different name, and and that's where you know one of the the many happy accidents that Alternate was, or Alienate as you have exactly. I mean, we, we were supposed to be called Alienate, and because of the the label getting it wrong, uh, the Alternate name came about and, and kind of stuck. One of the things I love about Alternate though is the way you just use anything like you know you sampled strings of life you sampled 808 state you sampled classic songs how did you feel when you were making things was there like anything that you wouldn't sample if you said me it was just like no we're having it all anything i don't i don't think we we had the attitude where you know we we were taking the mickey and you know there wasn't there's nothing we'd sample it was just when you hear a tune first off, say the first time you ever hear it out in a club, it could probably pass you by, you know, in the mix, and you hear something that you've heard before, after it, oh, yeah, everyone goes mental. So we thought if there was an element of something you've heard before, straight away your song's got familiarity. So the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, no way I know this, even if you've never heard it before. So the, the old bits that we were putting in, gave it that familiarity so straight away people oh yeah like say the the strings of life bit um on activate the violins they were from um a kid and play 
remix that was really big in Manchester and Stoke. So we knew it went down in clubs in Stoke, which was, you know, where we were making the tunes for, really. Um, so it was like on the first play, people had heard that violin bit and like, wow, oh, place went off. But it was the first time they'd ever heard it. So that that was why we did the sampling thing. But we with like each track had like an electro drum beat in there because that was something I was you know mad into. I still had all the the street sounds cassettes. So we I was sampling bits of stuff that had really influenced me. You know from from the past few years before the tunes came out. You know with the, with the old school samples and what have you, and then like really current bits. So you know it was it was a lot of people at the time said it was like rave by numbers. But you'd, I guess you could say we, we were picking all the ingredients out of the tunes that we really liked and put them all together. I think the other thing was, I think we talked about this once before, that the people who were from Detroit, you know, the people like your, your, your Carl Craig's, your Derek Mays, they loved you, right? Um, I mean, apparently when Derek first heard one of the Lexus 21 tunes, because we'd sampled one of his bass lines, he said he was going to break our kneecaps, um, you know, which was, you know, we'd never met Derek May before. And I was like, shit myself, to be honest. Um, but when they found out, you know, like these guys are from England and they like what we're doing that much. They're trying, you know, to do it. And then obviously Network hooked us up with them. We went out to Detroit and worked with Mark Kinchy and Kevin Sunson, Anthony Shakir um, and Carl Craig did like, I mean, that was his first ever remix. So, you know, there was like a kind of almost a mutual appreciation, you know, like we, well, I was mad into what they were doing and they kind of liked the fact that we were that mad into it, you know, we were doing it and, you know, a bit of love came back. One thing that viewed from afar was that always seemed to alternate, you're really, really, really enjoying it. You're having a good time. Was that the case? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And still am. I mean, it's... You know, there is a level where you do stuff for the love of it, you know, and if you want to stay true to stuff, you can't fake it for that long, um, you know, and you've, but you've got to earn money, but it is the one thing that I love doing, you know, it's, it's, it's always been my passion. Um, and with the alternate thing where we were out of the constraints of when we Nexus 21, we were actually playing live when we did a gig, you know, it was coming out of the keyboards and the drum machines. But when we did the net, the alternate stuff playing live, we couldn't have that many samplers and all the rest on stage. You know, there was just no way you'd be able to load everything up. So it was all like a, you know, like a playback from a, from a dat. So that then gave us the freedom to, you know, like, prance about on stage and you know do the karate chopping on the keyboards and make it all kind of larger than life you know so if you're stood there and you're doing this and you've got like a massive rave gun and they don't know what the hell you're doing but when we're like bang 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 behind the keyboard you know like oh man he's proper playing that keyboard you know and it is it, it, it creates that kind of vibe you know same as when the dj's you know got a lot of charisma and he's jumping about and doing all the rest and people can see what they're doing like when Derek may is eqing something when he's playing people can actually see what you know without standing there and staring they know that he's working it you know and it was the same way that that, that we did i want to listen to a song all right i'm going to give you free reign any song from your career what should we listen to and why something that i've made yeah anything um I mean, possibly my my personal favourite of anything that I've ever done 
um, was a track called uh, Dream Plant and that came out originally on uh, DS93. It was limited to like 93 copies. Um, but last year it came out on Artless in Berlin. Um, and that was the music that I wanted to make in the late 80s, but didn't know how to, didn't know what equipment to make it. You know, I was sampling everything. But then, you know, through years of buying equipment, I managed to get everything together that I wanted and managed to make like the EP that I really wanted to. And that's, that's probably like the, my most favourite thing that I've ever done. So Dream Plant by Mark Archer. Let's listen.
so one thing I, I, I always thought about alternate, you, you released one brilliant album. I, I always saw you as similar to The Prodigy. And you both released debut albums. And unfortunately, that was the only alternate album. And The Prodigy went on to, you know, release lots more and become one of the biggest bands in the world. How do you think alternate would have been if you had released another album would you have gone that way how what on earth would have happened i think the reason why we stopped was because we couldn't see alternate changing from what we were it's like if we'd have gone the jungle route you couldn't see alternate making you know really like dark jungle you know that we weren't that kind of band um happy hardcore wasn't even you know an option we weren't techno, we couldn't pull it back and go like the house route. So there wasn't really a way for Alternate to go. So we didn't want to like, you know, like like milk it and just keep trying to, you know, like when a group comes out with like a certain sound and people get into it and then you emulate the sound time and time and time again, you'll get away with it for a bit and then people will be like, you're not doing anything new. And we didn't want to do that. So we decided we were going to stop and, you know, continue with Nexus 21, which unfortunately never happened. So I don't think we would have, you know, I'd, the way certain, like, say certain pop stars like um, David Bowie, how he continuously reinvents himself, you know, and you don't even, you just see it when you're younger as, oh, it's David Bowie. But when you listen back to it and you realise he's, he's right, bang on with it, with the different production sounds that are coming in with each decade... The prodigy have reinvented themselves so many times, but I don't think Alternate would have ever. It just wouldn't have fit. You know, they were lucky enough to do that, and and we didn't. So, I don't. I I think even if we did something new now, we'd have to do something that sounded like 1991. You know, obviously produced slightly better, but you know, it it would have to sound like that. Do Do you think that's to do with the image? I mean, at Alternate, you had a really really strong image do you think that helped you or do you think that harmed you i mean ultimately how do you do you feel about that oh, it, it, the, the image as far as the band went like helped us immensely you know it, it people didn't even realize that there was two real life people in those suits you know it was alternate was the two green suits i mean in a real term the suits don't help at all didn't think about it whatsoever like you're in a nightclub and it's boiling hot i'll tell you what let's go and put a stupid chemical warfare suit on you know and, and almost boil yourself in a bag it was the most stupid idea i've ever had but as far as the image went it, it was fantastic you know it, but again it was another accident just trying to cover ourselves up so we we weren't recognized as nexus 21 um and it really helped. You know, people straight away knew, oh, that's alternate. You know, you could see anyone else off the rave scene. Everyone had got a ponytail or whatever. And you wouldn't know the difference between who's who. But alternate stood out, you know. So it was it was fantastic. How did you feel about being a pop star? I mean, was it unexpected? What was it like? Weird. Because you wouldn't expect it at all you know we were two lads from Stafford we were just making tunes that we wanted to hear when we went out to a rave or a club or whatever so for for a tune to get into the charts was just like you know can't believe this is happening didn't even expect it to last a year and then when 
the next tune goes straight in at 12 and you're like this isn't this isn't real and then it goes up and goes to number three and like Michael Jackson's number one and Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff and number two and you're on top of the pops and you know you're on a program that you've watched as a kid and you're there and like the cast of EastEnders are sat down watching you and there's Tina Turner on there and Cher and you know Seal and Phil Collins and all and it it's it's really surreal like you're in this mad kind of bubble and it just all went on around you because you know once you'd recorded top of the pops you'd go back to the 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 two up two down terrace with a mini parked outside you know it was it was like a completely different world um and you don't even you know you don't consider yourself a pop star we were just you know two prats in chemical warfare suits but I was watching the Evaporate video just the other day and one thing that really struck me is that there was a real identity, you know, like, which you wouldn't get with, I don't know, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but like Enjoy or K-Class or something like that, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't get that. Did you, that almost felt like a sort of pop move. Did that feel like that for you? Um, I just think we were trying to, because we had the suits there was no kind of you know we're trying to act cool you know with the whole techno pose thing there was none of that we could act larger than life you know and really mess about and do stuff um and i think we you know we we portrayed that in the videos some of the ideas weren't ours but we take anything on all the scams that we did you know the the chucking Christmas puddings out of hot air balloons, um, burning the frequency data at a techno bonfire, just loads of mad ideas that the record label thought up. Um, I mean, in the Activate video, it, it, if you watch it, it's kind of two halves where there's the real bit where we're playing live at Shelley's and the car park thing, and then we jump over the camera and it's a day in the life of Alternate playing violins in a park with a robot walking about. You know, and that, that was like, the weird silly kind of bit but we actually had the robot when we were playing live like you'd have people watching you while you're playing on stage and there's a robot suddenly walk past them you know on, on stilts and you can imagine you know if you're like 19 or whatever like in a club up smashed off your face and pff, this robot walks past and it's like what on earth is going on and it was we were just trying to make everything that we did you know like connect with people um all the little sounds like the, the pots of Vicks that we had on top of the pops. Um, you know, I mean, we we use Vicks for a real reason, to make the masks smell nice. I mean, that honestly, when they come off stage, they stink. So you put some Vicks in and they're, they're not so bad. But there was obviously, to do with the rave see, scene, there was a, a different reason for the Vicks. But the ravers kind of, you know, oh man, they use Vicks. And, it, you know, it all kind of, joined in i mean did you realize i'm going to go back to my own experience i bought a dust mask to try to look like all day did you realize people were doing that we honestly we didn't until you know we were getting complaints from people people like writing letters in um because people had bought like the hazmat suits and we cut the charcoal lining out of the suits to make them you know a lot thinner and stuff and, but people didn't realize that so they were going out with the charcoal and then coming home, putting them in a washing machine, washing them with a normal load, 
and there's charcoal over the like the entire wash and we're getting mums writing in do you realize my son's ruined a whole load of washing um and we, we never realized beyond you know what we, the clubs that we were playing at and you know seeing like records get played at events what was going on beyond it's like when we first got booked for brazil it's like how on earth is our music being played in brazil uh, you know and and there's warehouses full of people who know the tunes and who were singing along to it you know it just didn't occur to us how far the music spread even now you get people wearing masks at raves and they've probably no idea why they're wearing a mask. You know, some of them might not even have heard of Alternate, but they're wearing a mask because it's kind of synonymous with, oh yeah, I'm going to a rave, put a mask on. You know, it's it's, it's a bit mind-blowing, to be honest. Right, we're going to play an Alternate tune. Which one and why? Um, I think Infiltrate 202, because that's, that's, I mean, that's the one that kind of like tipped us over the edge, you know, and, and, and properly blew up. But it, it's... It's probably my favorite, that and Frequency are my favorite um, alternate tracks. But it's the one, it's just, I have so many good memories about making the tune. Quite spooky how, you know, a lot of it came about. But it's the one that, you know, hearing Groove Rider playing it and stuff. And it just, yeah, it's, it's a favorite. Yeah, check this next track out. You got asterisks in space. Watch your bass bins, I'm telling you.
Okay, so we, li we were listening to Infiltrate 202. One thing that amazes me about your music is how fresh it sounds today. How do you feel when you listen back to an alternate track? It doesn't sound as old as it is, which is, is weird. But I think there's no music around now that, that's like it. You know, it's like, whereas House... You know, is it all its different guises. Music hasn't changed a lot since, like, the late 90s. You know, there's still a lot of the same kind of sounds going on. But between 88 and 93, there was, like, this massive change, you know, from house right through to, to jungle. Um, and it was a very creative period, and there's nothing that's quite as euphoric as the whole like like rave scene um i mean obviously it, it, it brings back memories of making the tunes um the first time we ever played it i mean infiltrate 202 uh we got a white label and we were lucky enough to get a gig supporting 808 state at brixton academy um enjoy was supporting and we weren't even on uh, the the flyer on the post and nothing and we were doing a nexus 21 pa um and I took a copy of the white label down with me and Nipper was their sport DJ and gave it to him to play. And when I was up on the balcony with 808 State and heard it being mixed in and I was like, tapped him, I was like, this, this is it, this is our new tune. And it got to the bit and I oh shit, <laughs> I, f I forgot we'd sampled you. And they were like, oh no, no, it's called, it's called sound. <laughs> you know, so it, it conjures up all those kind of memories, you know, that people, a lot of people in the rave scene knew tunes but didn't necessarily know the name of the tune or knew the name of the group. You know, as soon as you, that, the vocal hook from Candy Statton came in, people knew like straight away what the tune was, you know, people sing along with it and stuff. So it's, uh, it's nice, you know. They, they honestly don't sound nearly 30 years old, which is scary. I mean, you re-released the album three years ago, was it? Yeah. Um, Josh did a, a brilliant job of remastering it. Um, and it's, it's weird because when I, when I play out, obviously there's, there's now a generation of people who they've been brought up on the rave scene. You know, like their moms and dads are like play it all the time in the house and they're like been told, you know, if these guys are ever in town, go and see them, you know. So, but there's also people who've never heard of Alternate, never witnessed this before. And I've played places like, did the boiler room set and someone came up to Nikki and said, what is this music? You know, where where can I get it from? She's like, this is like 27 years old. You know, you, you can't buy this in, in the shop anymore. Um, and she's like, you know, this music's amazing, you know. But people think it's like, an offshoot off of breaks or something like that you know because it's just so different to to everything that's around have you found a big difference these recent times in that how people are treating that old rave music because i remember for like for a few years you know end of the 90s it wasn't maybe so appreciated but now it seems like people are really getting into this music again yeah. i mean it, it did there was a an almighty backlash against it uh, at one time you know, and and some people saw us as quite a, a bit of an embarrassment. Um, but now it's, you know, that that whole era is seen as as as, as a real classic time in in dance music. 
um, which is nice, you know, to, to have been there and, and been part of it and, and to be seen like that. Um, but, but for young kids to be, you know, we did a, we did a live gig in, in Hull and it was one of those venues where you're right in with the crowd, you know, and they were right in front and there was about four or five girls right at the front and they're only like 19, 20 and they sang every single word, you know, to activate, evaporate, infiltrate, you know, they knew everything. And, you know, to see that, which is something that's totally unexpected, you know, when I didn't even think that, that my career was going to be like a year long, you know, to see that going on now is, is fantastic. We're going to play a song and I, I've, Sorry, but I've just got to play my favourite uh, alternate tune, which is the biggest hit, Evaporate. Um, what can you tell us about Evaporate? Um, I mean, it was the it was the one where we actually cleared the sample. Um, you know, we didn't want to upset Derek. Um, and where we got a vocalist in as well. I mean, all the other tracks. P.P. Uh, Arnold? Yeah. I mean, she, obviously she'd done, you know, like all the tracks that, that she'd done, but had started working with like, people like the Beatmasters um, and went on to work with the KLF. Um, and it was, we, we were put together with Neil from the record label. He suggested getting P.P. Arnold on. And, you know, she was absolutely fantastic. You know, came and did, pretty much did the whole vocal in, in one take. And then when we did live performances, you know, she was right on it straight away. Um, I mean, yeah, and she she was up for the whole, like, mad image as well. When we, when we did Top of the Pops, she was like, she'd bought a pair of yellow marigolds and stuff. And then I'd got some, like, Wrigley spearmint, sort of like, shall I stick, like, silver bits all over myself, you know. Um but it was it was just one of those tunes where I think it just you're trying to write a song about evaporation, you know, and it was it just fit the whole alternate thing, you know. It was like a pastiche of of other bits of of tunes with the strings alive thing and with the video with the the tanks and the robot and the whole thing, you know. It was like. Um, complete nonsense but but it all made sense strangely evaporate
So one thing I love about that tune, probably my favourite thing about that tune, is the the four-note synth riff. How did you feel when you came up with that? Um, well, the, the original version, when we first did our, our very first alternate PA at the Eclipse, we'd got a couple of tracks off the first EP, the Overload EP, and we need some new music to kind of like pad this out because the EP had been out like a year and we got Infiltrate, but we can't just play like the old EP and Infiltrate, you know, it's, that's been played for like a year. So we'll make a few little ditties. And I did a, a track called Say It Your, which was um, the same breakbeat, the same um, riff sound. It was a different riff, but the same bass line. And it went down so well every time we played it, we thought like we'll take it in to the studio and work on it. Because when it was just like a, this, just a little demo that I'd done in my room, and every time we played it, it went off. And it's like, right, we've, we've properly got something here, you know? And then when you take it in the studio and it's like the strings of life bit fit so well in the middle, you know, and that, that riff. I mean, the Landlord Piano Stab is just like a, a rave standard, but it just works so, so well. Um, and it, it was just, you know, when you come out of the studio and you're like, actually, I think this might be a bit good. All right, I've got to ask a question. The Landlord Piano Stab? Yeah, there's um, a tune, it's on a, I think it's a Canadian label called Big Shot from 88-89 by um, a chap called Landlord and the track's called I Like It and there's a dub version on the B-side that just starts with that noise. So everyone calls it the Landlord Stab. No one knows, I mean, there's so much on the internet about where it comes from. No one knows what piano it's from, you know, what reverb, how it was EQ'd, all the rest. Everyone sampled it. I mean, you know, like SL2, um, DJ's Take Control, um, DJ Seduction Hardcore. I mean, it's, it's in so many um, hardcore tunes. You know, it's absolutely. I mean, like Vamp. You know, every hardcore tune has, has got a, a landlord in it somewhere. So it's it was a bit of a standard. You mentioned it briefly. You're talking about the the, the things you got up to. This is another reason that I loved um, Alternate. You did. Things like Chris stood for a member of parliament. You, um, I think you exercised rock music. <laughs> you, uh, what, 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 you, uh, you, I think you didn't, but you were going to throw uh, Christmas puddings out, out, out of. Yeah. Where did all that come from? Well, we, when we first were signed to, to the record label network, um, I had this little mini and you'd pull up in front of the record label and they could see you out the windows. And we used to drive past and stop and then reverse back and then drive past again and then reverse and then just knew we were a pair of idiots. So they were like, right, you know, these, these guys are game for anything. So they'd make up like silly little bits just because you, you release a track, everyone knows your track, your track say does something, then there's a gap. And you've got to try and get people to still know that you're about in between releases. So they made up little bits to go in magazines, like we've invented our very own disco biscuits for hungry ravers. You know, like air, there was a bit where air horns, bouncers were taking them off people, you know, to going in raves. So they made like pocket, air, we'd invented the pocket air horn, you know, like for sly ravers, you could get an air horn into a club. Just daft little things that wouldn't, 
there's a kind of element it's like have they really you know so it could be true but it wasn't like with the christmas puddings we actually made the christmas puddings um you know we got labels on them and everything we'd booked the hot air balloon it was all planned then someone said if you drop out uh, a, a christmas pudding it's probably going to like cave someone's skull in so maybe that's not a good idea and then the weather was too bad on the day anyway so the photographer turned up we got the hot air balloon so the basket was on the back of a trailer the photographer lay on the floor we stood in the basket could see the sky behind us took the photos looked like we were in hot air balloon jobs are good went round stafford trying to give away hot air these um christmas puddings no one would take one you know so some of them were slightly real but didn't actually happen like the, the, there was a the frequency dat told everyone that there's going to be no remixes of frequency it's never coming out again it was limited edition we're going to burn the dat there's a big techno bonfire journalists turned up in stafford looking for this bonfire there was no bonfire i've still got the dat now you know it was just just stupid pranks but it all kind of fit with the whole you know that the image there was no real person inside the suit so uh, yeah it was just a bit strange I always saw you a bit as being like KLF in that way. Did you feel that kind of connection? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was levelled at us quite a few times. We were the poor man's KLF. No, not the poor man's, yeah. but like... They apparently could afford a submarine and we got a couple of tanks. You know, it was like they burnt a million quid. You know, they, they were like... They were doing things like big scale where we were just like, you know, like two lads from Stafford, let's... let's have a bit of a laugh um yeah it was it was leveled like that but i mean the music was nothing nothing like that but they did pranks you know they fooled the press quite a lot and i guess uh, you know to some extent we did as well it's time for another song um what do you feel like? I, I i've been listening to slow motion a lot today i'm tempted to play bells new york what, what do you think well it was that was you know the tune where alternated stopped and it was kind of you know can, can you prove yourself again kind of thing um, and I was working with Danny Taurus at the time and that was actually originally going to be the b-side uh, when we released the track um, and it was one of those ones where when we'd done it we sat back and thought you know we might have a monster on our hands here and unfortunately because of the, the chart system the week that it was released they swapped either to Gallup or from Gallup to another one um, and none of the dance shops had the barcode swiping machine in so we sold loads of copies like enough to be like top five but because they weren't swiped we only went in at 25 in the charts and then it went out so it was like you know a, big, a bit of a kick in the teeth but it was you know it was it was a big tune club wise and and another one of my proud moments let's listen to it
So we were talking about three three years ago. Was it three years you really re-released the album? Um, Full on Mask Hysteria. And you got remixes uh, from various people, Too Bad, Mice, uh, various other people. What, what was it like? Did you when, when you were looking for people to remix stuff, who, who were you who were you looking for? I mean, did loads of people come to it? Did loads of people come to mind? We, we'd done the... Because um, I re-recorded Frequency. Um, a few years previous, because it's one of the one of the tunes that I'd done completely on my own. Um, so I'd got like the original samples, re-recorded the track, um, and put it out. And we got um, remixes for from a few different people, like um, Bemsins and Paul Mac had, had, had done a remix. Um, and then we did. We also did um, Armageddon and got like a brace of remixes. Um, so there, there was a few people that we'd already, you know, I, I guess I'd pulled a lot of a lot of favours in, um, and then there was the the campaign to get activate back in the charts, um, and we were just cool with you know like remaster the the original mixes and the label like if you're going to put it up on iTunes, you know you you want some new mixes get people interested in the track, um, so all the remaining favours I could pull in, you know we we got some new mixes so they were already kind of you know in um so we with the 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 shadow dancer mix um the two bad mice one i mean that was you know superb remix that they pulled in um but there there was loads of mixes like um armageddon we got like i think it was like a double double vinyl and then we went a bit silly and did like a a third so it was like DJ Markey had done a mix, um, Keith Tenniswood had done a Radioactive Man mix, we've got uh, Rennie Foster had done a mix, The Hacker, there was like, you know, so I pulled in quite a few uh, favours of people who I, I guess, you know, would, would have loved to remix Alternate and it was, you know, a chance for them to do it and then a chance for me to, to have a remix of, you know, some, some really top names. You're still making music, you're making a lot of music and DJing. Would there be any new alternate stuff, or is that not something for the future? It's it, it's one of those ones where we have thought about it, um, and in the live set tonight, there's a track I recorded uh, a few years ago um, that's not come out yet. But it's it's one of those ones where if you do new material, because there's been such a long gap from the old stuff, whereas if you put it out and people feel like it's not oh yeah it's not the same as it used to be and then you know everyone poo-poos it would it be better that we don't do anything new and just leave you know the memory of how it was um so we're undecided at the moment i mean you, you know the the tune that i've recorded goes down well every time we play it so there's a possibility we might um release that maybe work on another another track for the other side and then then see how it goes what what's it called uh the new track that we've done uh, i recorded it for like our first reappearance at bang face a few years ago so it's called hard crew named after the the bang face hard crew 
I was trying to think. There's no eight in that. There's no, uh, no. height, hard, no. Honestly, we'd run out of the whole eight <laughs> thing, you know, unless you get to the, like, the urinate and all the, the other ones, we'd, we'd kind of rinsed it. Oh, yeah, I'd leave urinate. Um, talking about Bangface, um, you have got a pretty special relationship with Bangface. Now, you you didn't, I think you're saying you didn't get married at Bangface, but you had it, bless it. Yeah, we, we actually got married in Southport on the Friday morning properly, so it was a legal ceremony, and then went to the to Bangface for the weekend where we were doing a PA, um, and they have an opening and closing ceremony. And the opening ceremony, we redid our wedding on stage. So Saint Acid, um, you know, did gave us the blessing. Uh, they, they ordained two people from the crowd, dunked them in a big dunk tank um, to baptize them into the rave. Um, so they were there to witness. They reworded some classic hymns. Uh, so one of them, they had like the words on the big like um, light boards upon, so it was like, give me joy in my heart, keep me raving. So that the whole crowd singing these hymns while we were on stage. And then for our first dance, uh, the, the rest of the guys started the live PA, so Evaporate was our first. So me and Nikki smooched on stage to Evaporate, and then Nikki went off and I carried on with the live PA. I want to ask one last question, um, which for you, you seem very modest, but I'm going to ask anyway. What has Alternate's influence been? What it's what, what, what's the influence of Alternate been? Where do you see the influence of Alternate today? It, it's it's a strange one because I know how I see people that you know, like I'm I'm really like into like Derek May, like um, DJ Fast Eddie, Tyree Cooper, when I, you know, and, and I see them as musical heroes. But I'm just Mark from Stafford. So it, it's a really weird one, you know, when people come up, ah oh, man, you're a legend, blah, blah, blah. you know, I've started this. And it's it's hard to take in because I've always just seen us as, you know, two lads from Stafford making tunes that we liked the fact that people liked them was you know a bonus the way that it it blew up the way it did was more of a bonus the fact 30 years down the line i'm still doing it is just beyond everything you know i could have ever thought so to be an influence on anyone you know it's like getting the chance to write a book and having people message me saying they've read the book and they felt they were alone being bullied at school and all the rest. And they've seen a parallel with their life and my life. And it meant something to them. And, you know, that that's something that when I was doing the book, I didn't even think that that would happen. So, you know, everything is just a massive plus point. Um, so if I, you know, if I have influenced anyone, it's, it's fantastic. All right, we're going to play one last song. You've been making music for more than 30 years. What song? Um, I think the one the one tune that if I play it and it doesn't go down, I'm seriously in the wrong place, and that would be Frequency. 
because it just always works. It's it's just one of those. I mean, it's even in mono. It's like there was just like no production skill to it. It's just everything goes straight forward. It bangs right from the second it starts, and it's you know Soul Soul Wax have done a cover version of it. So many people have remixed it and sampled it, and it's. You know, but it was just like a little tune made in my bedroom at my mum and dad's house. You know, but for it to still, you know, stand the test of time and and still bang now, it's it's one of those. So yeah, I think that's that and Infiltrate are the the, the two that I'm most proud of. Let's listen to it. Mark. Thank you so much. This is frequency. Listening to Radio Primavera Sounds. RPS.